Unbeknownst to you, three hidden problems in your journey to success can sabotage or even destroy your dreams. In this episode, I'm going to address those three problems and I'm going to show you how to set the pace that will give your business the best chance and your life at optimal success. Let's do this. Welcome to the Grit Podcast, the podcast that motivates and encourages you to become the real man you're destined to be. Forecasting live in the rugged Northwest, just east of the trailblazing city of Portland. So let's get locked and loaded because it's time to get gritty with it. Here's your host and lead grit man, Jamie Worley. Oh man, you know what? I will say this. I am glad you guys are here. Um, I kind of know the story a little bit about you guys, um, but we're taking a break from this normal setting the pace for success, all that stuff. And I want to talk to you guys about, well, it's Valentine's Day. When? When is that? Next week sometime? Is that next week? Hmm. hmm. The 14th, 14th. I think the 14th is what, a Wednesday? I think it is. I think it's Wednesday. But um, I want to talk about there. There's love. Everybody has a love story. Everybody's got a story about how they met and all this stuff. But like ours, the best. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you're not biased or anything like that? No. She's sitting right next to you. Is that? Yeah. No. It is. It is a great love story, and um, so I want to highlight that. I want to. I want to talk about you guys. Like, how did all of this come to be? Because I'll be honest, David. I take a look at her, and I'm wondering <laughs> what. <laughs> What what happened? Like, how did you do that? I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> All right. Well, let, I think that's about where we should start. Let's just talk about right off the bat. How did you guys meet? Like, how did this all come about? Started off in high school. I was 15. I was failing a math class that I was trying to... <clears throat> improve myself on but I didn't need the credit so I decided I needed a change out of that class and I got into Spanish class and David was in that class and I hate I hate to stop you already <laughs> you were failing a math class aren't you the accountant for biscuits no cafe no no no, no I do all that Oh, you do all that? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay. I see where this is going. Okay. So you're have... failing a, you're, you're in high school, right? Yes. This is high school. Yes. How long ago was that for you guys? You don't have to answer, but. <laughs> 31 years. What year did you guys graduate? Nah, 95. She was 96. Oh, okay. All right. I was 91. Okay. God, I'm older, huh? Are you older? I am. I guess so. All right. So you're failing a math class and you're in Spanish class together. Switched okay. classes and went to Spanish class. So you dropped math? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know you could drop math. I already had the credits. <laughs> oh. I was trying to improve my oh. math skills. Okay. So you end up going to Spanish class with yes. David. Yes. I and I know that. the story. When she walked in, She walked something? through the doors. What happened? I said, that's the one. The, the minute she walked through the doors. How'd you know that? I just knew it. I didn't know that. No. She would sit across from me. She had this floral white dress, which was gorgeous on her. Yeah. And I would just stare at her. Yeah. For weeks. Yeah. That's it. For weeks. 
Yep. Did you notice him staring at you? No. You didn't? No. So you didn't even notice, David? No. Oh, not at man. first. Well, you got to tell him <clears throat> what happened. We were divided into individual groups. Yeah. Small little groups. And uh, <clears throat> was this the time where we got in trouble? <laughs> you did. I did. <laughs> yeah, you guys got in trouble. Yeah, got she, in trouble. So, so my teacher pretty much had a crush on me. Really? Yeah. And um, what did you guys? So they had to do like a word. Each person came up with a word in order to in Spanish. It would a, be like sentence. a noun or yeah, a adjective or a verb. Yeah. In Spanish. So each person wouldn't know what the other person wrote because you had to flip over the paper and then you read out the sentence. Oh. Well, the sentence said. <laughs> this teacher, don't. I yeah, say I'm, not, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying her name, but <laughs> this teacher and David were effing. What? In some place. And they had to read it out loud. Who we wrote had, that? And we had to read it out loud. Well, everybody had a part in it. <laughs> she did. I wrote one of the words. I'm not saying which word. <laughs> so, um, did ever was everybody able to translate what the, what it meant? Everybody yes, knew what that meant. Yes. I, I didn't. And he did okay. not. It took him like four years to know what Cinco de Mayo meant. <laughs> he always thought it was a big party. <laughs> I didn't know it was the fifth of May. I just realized. it's not a big party. No, it's I thought the fifth of May. Like oh, it is Cinco de Mayo. Yes, oh, he, wow. it took him like four years to know that Cinco de Mayo meant the 5th of May. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How's because, that Spanish class for you? All right. Mm. Be, be, only because this is the GRIP podcast, I have to ask the question, David. Yeah. Was this teacher smoking hot, like Van Halen hot for teacher? Or was this teacher like, <laughs> no, I don't no, know, like a like, sack of potatoes with legs? I mean, like, what? She was 23. Oh. She was, I mean, and let's say I think she had a crush on me. Okay, could have been everybody just else in the room. Could thought have been she your had head. A, everybody else in the room thought she had a crush on me. Okay, well, so it wasn't just you. No, everybody else thought so too. That's why the I, hence the sentence. You know, you wouldn't think so, but I can relate to this. My first kiss was my middle school Spanish teacher. Holy moly! <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> la la. <laughs> and I still don't know any Spanish. <laughs> I know some French. Oh, come on. That's yeah, funny. you do now. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so, All right. So, so, yeah, let's. So after that, I was talking to him and said, what are you doing after school today? And he's like, nothing. And I said, no, what are you doing after school today? Mind you, I'm very, very shy back then. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> Is this the same? Something came over me. Is is this the same day as the sentence that was read aloud? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so you thought enough of it to say, "Hey, did you know she wrote anything on that paper? Did you have any idea?" I had no clue. Yeah, I had no clue. I had no clue that she was asking me out either. <laughs> Wait, okay. Rewind just a tad. Okay. Dana, what attracted you to David? What that was day? it about him that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was it about him? Was it the fact that you everybody thought he was you know, doing things with the teachers, like, hey, man, that guy's a stud. <laughs> you no, know what I mean? You're no. either a stud or a criminal for it. I don't know. But. I just didn't want to go home that day. <laughs> okay. I wanted to do something. Okay. I was convenient. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't doing anything. <laughs> okay. So what attracted you to David? Why David? 
Yeah, why David? There's a bunch of kids at school. Why'd you pick that guy? Well, he was cute then. <laughs> yeah, he's he is kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> Don't quote me on that. But Just he was a very determined person. Hmm. He seemed like he knew what he, he knew what he wanted to do yeah. in life, and he had a plan. And that sounded like that was a good idea. Yeah. I think that day she came over, maybe it was a week later, she never left. I'm sorry. What do you mean? <laughs> she, I'm sorry. She never left. So she came over for snacks after school with her little, <laughs> little metal lunch box. I had, I had drawers <laughs> in my dresser with her clothes. And, you know, it was, it, my mom even told me, she said, uh, she said, you guys have something special. She says, you can see it here, feel it here, hmm. and feel it here. And I said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> My gosh. So were you guys in other serious relationships before you met? Did you have longtime boyfriends or girlfriends I, I before? Had, I had two before. I mean, yeah. and, I, and I was only 16, but I had yeah. one girl I dated for like eight, nine months, and another girl I dated for like a year. Yeah, so I actually was in a relationship at the time. Okay, was it was it a healthy relationship or was it was bad? Huh? No, it wasn't good. Not at good, all. huh? No. Yeah, yeah. And what what do you what did you see in him that was different than what you had? I mean, you already kind of described. You know, he was determined, all these things. But you know, when you laid David over the backdrop of what you were in at the moment. What was so appealing about that? He was interested in me. Yeah. Well, he sure was. <laughs> yeah. You know, go go back a little bit. We've actually known each other since we were two and three. What? Yeah. So my mom was a single mom living in a um, off Killingsworth on a you know like a run rundown apartment complex, mm-hmm. and next to us was Junior, and Junior liked to drink. And That's my uncle. That's her uncle. Oh, okay. Which we found out. At my 16th birthday party. Yeah. That we knew each other. So her mom used to bring Dana over for Junior to watch her. And then when he got drunk and passed out, my mom would grab her and bring her over to our house and we would play together. What? Yeah. Okay. So I thought it was, I thought it was crazy enough. You guys have been together since 16, but you guys have actually known each other essentially your entire lives. Yes. Okay. There's not a lot of stories like that. Which is why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, I, I, there's people that tell me all the time, you got to understand, David, a lot of people out there don't have what you have with Dana. Yeah, that's true. And I don't, I've never seen it any other way. So, right. you know, when, yeah. when people talk about, you know, you go through life, right? You graduate, you mm-hmm. kind of disconnect from your friends, you're finding your career, then friends start getting married and you go to weddings and then they have babies and you're going to baby showers and then they're getting divorces. And I'm like, yeah. I don't understand the concept of divorce. I could not understand her not being there. Yeah. At all. Yeah, it's. You might need some tissues. I might need some. Yeah, David is pretty emotional. That's one of the things that he and I have in common is that um, uh, we're both very emotional. I think it's why we connect so so deeply uh, and did so so quickly. Um. Uh, guys, get me going. <laughs> I'm the host for crying out loud. You know, you guys have been an example to so many people. The mm-hmm. fact that, you know, a lot of people say it on their wedding day. 
divorce is never an option. Nobody thinks the day that they get married, they never think about divorce. Like that's not in the cards, right? Mm-hmm. But it is a choice. And it doesn't sound like that's something that uh, you guys have ever really considered. But let me ask you kind of an invasive question. And I didn't know this would come up, but I'm going to ask anyway because it's called Look at it. <laughs> um, have you guys ever considered divorce at any point when things maybe got rocky? Did it ever even cross your mind, honestly? No. No? No. And why is that? I don't understand. Because, set up. I well, I because 60% don't. of the population would disagree. Yeah. Not with you, but with not ever considering it. I think the divorce rate's closer to 60 now, unfortunately. But you guys have never even considered it. It's obviously an option for everyone why is it not an option for you you know help us understand this because it's not of the norm you know i'm a religious person but i haven't been my whole life we've gone through a lot we've been homeless we've lost everything you know we've didn't know we could have a second child and we did i mean just Mm -hmm. just i think everything that's been thrown at us my health yeah um all that stuff um i don't it's never come to my mind yeah. Never. I don't think that we've come across something that's been, you know, we've too hard. Like there's stuff that's been hard that we've dealt with, but mm-hmm. not hard enough to give up. <clears throat> yeah. To me, it sounds like you guys started so early that the concrete dried over time at an early age. And because of that, it's like, Breaking up the concrete just wasn't an option. It's like buying a house. That's why I think of you guys. I think it's it's like imagine someone buying a beautiful house and you're building and you're adding on over the years. It would be like taking a sledgehammer to the foundation, thinking somehow that would make the house better or your part of the house better, when in foundation is one singular foundation with many rooms and facets on it. I look at marriage, and I look at your marriage in particular that same way. It's like you never considered breaking up the foundation because it doesn't make sense. I would never, I would never consider taking a sledgehammer to the foundation of my house, even if I didn't like part of my house. There's parts of marriage I don't care for at times, but you don't take a sledgehammer to the foundation, right? No. To fix one area of the house. It just doesn't make sense. Let's go back to, let's go back to when you guys were, so, so, you moved in right away, pretty much when you were 16, right? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> did you guys begin to go out on dates and things, or did it start out just living daily life in the house together? When did you guys start actually going out? We had one date. One date? Skate World. Well, that was our first date. Oh, did we have dates after that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember with Skate World, and she's... You know, going around, I'm standing on the sides, and she. Sh- how, how is she doing again? There? Every time she yeah. goes around, she shakes her butt, and the security guard standing right next to me. This guy's like low life. Just, you know, he's like, "See that chick?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "See, how she shakes her butt at me every time she comes around." <laughs> and the next time she comes around, she stops and comes up, and she's giving me this huge kiss. And I said, "Now nah, she's shaking it at me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're living daily life together, but like, at what point, or did you guys ever? You take her out to dinner and to a oh, movie yeah. and things like that. Did that start right away yes. when she moved in? Yes. So we went on dates. Our first one was Skate World. And then, um, you know, we did dinner dates, movie dates. Yeah. 
think because I was still, I was 15. And so there was dates where I had to take my sister and brother with me. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. <laughs> I yeah. think uh, we took them to see Jurassic Park when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, did, did mom and dad make you take the boys or those kids, your brothers and sisters, or was that by choice? No. No. It was forced. It was yeah. forced, yeah. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So, so what, what would a typical date look like for you guys? Uh, just a typical date. Dinner and a movie? Yeah, same as pretty mm -hmm. much everybody yeah. else. Dinner and a movie. Okay, that, that brings me to, let me jump ahead just a little bit. I, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but I don't know for sure. When did you guys decide to get married? Not when you knew that she was your wife and he was going to be your husband. When did you actually consciously decide, I'm going to ask her to marry me? We are going to get married. Uh, how did Was that a discussion between the two or did he pop the question? Like, how did that go down? It was oh. three months later. So you guys were 16 mm -hmm. when you popped the question. I was still 15. <laughs> Statute of limitations has passed. I repeat, the statute of limitations. Well, I had a ring. There, there's really no issue there because you're both. Yeah, I had a ring and I got down on my knee and uh, I won't say where because it's not the greatest place in the world. But I remember my mom uh, made us local strip bar. Was, no, <laughs> oh, you was, couldn't get in there. Well, when when I met her, I had no clue they were homeless. You know, and oh, you they were homeless. And there was this time when I went to my dad's house because I'd go to my dad's week in the summer. Yeah. And I came back and she was no longer where they were. This is how I found out. I had no clue. And they, you didn't have cell phones back then. Mm -mm. I couldn't find her. Oh, it killed me. Was like, she for like she wasn't showing up to school or anything? Well, this is summer. Oh, it was the summer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, where am I going with this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, there's things that her mom... By the way, an amazing woman. Um, you know, she had Dana at 16. Day before she turned 17. Yeah, and, uh, okay. you know, the other kids young and yeah. didn't have a great life with their father. And, you know, I think when I came along, you know, I had a nice upbringing. Um, I saw the world much differently. Yeah. You know, she, she always jokes, my first steak ever is when you took me out to a steak place, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. What? How does it make you feel, David, to know that you, you, because you came from kind of a stable family, it sounds like, and and Dana not so much. How does it make you feel to know that you contributed something into her life that she never experienced until she met you? The greatest feeling in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, we are so opposite of each other. Yeah. Um, and that's why we work so well together. Yeah. Um, now she has changed a lot because back in back in <laughs> school days and early days she was always like oh, this cute little oh, yeah yes I want to do that yes I want to do this you know and now she's got you know a mind of her own and yeah um, you know she's it's called growing up yeah oh yeah yeah I know, right <laughs> yeah yeah she'll give me that look you know that look I give you yeah oh she'll I know she'll be like <laughs> I'm like what's wrong. <laughs> what did I do? What's what going do? on? Yeah. How can I help? She's like, I'm not going to tell you until later. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about work. So you guys got married. Um, how? So when you first got married, 
What were you guys doing for work? How were you supporting yourselves? You got married at 16? No, or we waited You asked years. at 16. We actually bought our first house. Uh, we wanted to make sure we were stable before we got married. So okay. we bought a house. Yeah. I was 19. Yeah. When we bought our first house. Okay. I was yeah. a store manager for Safeway at the time. Um, I was the youngest store manager for Safeway. Wow. Out in Sandy. And uh, I worked at the original taco house. Where's that at? It's not around anymore. Oh, okay. It was on 82nd. Oh. Good food. Oh, okay. Good food. Yeah. So where were you guys living? Uh, North Portland. Oh, okay. Off okay. of... Uh, Northeast Portland. Northeast, off of 70... 73rd and Prescott. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Bought, yeah. a, bought our house for... $97,000. Really? Yeah. Are you kidding I me? we still had it. Oh my god! You know what that thing's worth now, especially Eight, north yes. of thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, I was I was gonna say nine, but God, jeez. Yep. So, and you guys, this there's just so much history, and so you were at Safeway, mm-hmm. and at some point you went to Best Buy, and then you actually moved to the Northern Hemisphere. You went all the way to Alaska, didn't you? What? How old were you guys when you went to Alaska? Thirties. Yeah. Well, what happened yeah. was the it was the crash, you know, the two thousand eight two thousand nine crash. Yeah. And we we lived well beyond our means. Yeah. We spent money like it was going out of style. Mm-hmm. We were the ones that had the great parties at our house. We were the ones that had the swimming pool, the nice cars, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah. And you know, it's nobody's fault but our own. You know, it's a learning process. And she got pregnant with Luke, and which I had already been snipped mm-hmm. for years. And then she gets pregnant. How many years? Wait, Eight years. wait a second. Wait a second. So you, you had a vasectomy. Yeah. And then you got pregnant. Eight years later. You didn't have a vasectomy eight years. No, no, no. In between there. Eight years, eight years <laughs> after the vasectomy, Luke's, she's pregnant with Luke. She's how, upstairs. Bald. How do you explain no, no, no. that? He doesn't have the story right. No. Okay. No. Okay. What's the story? The story is that I believe it was a year or two before I got pregnant. He had a vasectomy. He finally did it. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Okay. But so, nonetheless, the vasectomy happened and then you got pregnant. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I come, How's that happen? I come home. Oh, a doctor said I should have bought a lottery ticket. <laughs> uh, something grew back. Yeah. So he had yeah, a... I've heard of that happening, actually. He had a kidney stone that was stuck. And so they had to go through the groin with sound waves to push it out, mm-hmm. which grew the vasectomy back together. Because 30 days later, she I'm got pregnant. pregnant. Oh. <laughs> so I come home. Yeah, how did you guys respond to this? I'm downstairs, I go into the bathroom, and there's a pregnancy test in the garbage. And her friend Charlotte was over, and I went, Oh, God, Charlotte's pregnant. <laughs> Again. 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 <laughs> so I go upstairs and Charlotte comes running downstairs and leaves. She's like, bye. I was like, okay. And then Dana's got tears. and uh, Happy tears, sad tears. Like what, what's going on? I was devastated. Yeah. At first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We had always talked about having one child. Yeah. You know, we wanted to have a child at a certain time. You know, they grow yeah. up a certain time. Then we go back to our dating life. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I think she thought I wanted to have an abortion because mm-hmm. we've always just talked about one child. Yeah. I looked at her. I said, this is the greatest thing that ever happened. Yeah. And he is one of the greatest things that's ever happened. Luke. Yeah. Yeah. 
When when did you guys decide to name him Luke? Now Dylan was already born, correct? <laughs> so you can tell the why you named Dylan Dylan. <laughs> oh yeah, let's hear this. So I named Dylan off of nine oh two one oh. No. Yep. And I named Luke because of Luke Perry of nine oh two one oh me. That is awesome. Dylan McKay. <laughs> <clears throat> now I named Luke off oh, of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, my son Jacob, J A K O B. We had thought about Jacob. We thought about Taylor. We had thought about. We knew it was going to be James because my dad's James Kenneth. Then my son was James Christian, who passed away. Then James Spencer, James Daniel, and James Jacob. But we were thinking about Jacob, and I was at Starbucks getting a coffee, and they were selling CDs right there by the um, by the register. And you've heard of Bob Dylan, obviously. Oh yeah. His son Jacob Dylan had a CD out. And I Starbucks was selling that. it. I think I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and they were out for display, and you could, you could buy them. It was a deal they had at Starbucks. And I just liked the way Jacob was spelt with a K, and that's how Jacob got his name. Hmm. But 90210, I had the biggest crush on Jenny Garth. <laughs> I oh still do. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, really, they were – anyway, that's, yep. a, that's not – so Dylan was already born. Dylan was eight at the time. Dylan was eight. Yeah. Okay. That's and what then, it was. And then Luke was unexpected. Yeah. Man, aren't you glad you had that kid? What a Absolutely. special kid. They both are. I like them both. Every time I go to eat at Biscuits, Dylan is always there. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves yeah. him. Everybody Love loves him. Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. His personality is amazing. Yeah. Actually, everybody that I've ever experienced on the wait staff at your at you guys' restaurant, Biscuits Cafe, um, I've never had a bad experience Appreciate with your servers. You know, I just haven't. I'm not saying that because you're here. I just wouldn't say anything. Okay. It's the grit, okay? I'm yeah. gonna tell you. Um it's always been superb. Thank you. Now I don't, you know, and I don't think they know I know you. I think I think that we have a relationship with our employees, at least most of them, that they know we care. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not rich people. You know, we live paycheck to paycheck sometimes, like everybody else. We we take care of them before we take care of ourselves, and they yeah. see that. And they tell us that too. Isn't it isn't it interesting how when you run a when you operate a business that way. Isn't it interesting how money just kind of takes care of itself when you just focus on others? It tends to just kind of come in. I'm not saying unearned or anything like that, or it's like some miracle. I just think that there's, and I don't know what to call it. Um, as a former pastor of 15, I, 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 I don't even know what to call that, where you take care of others, and you take put care them of you. first, and then what you need just seems to come in. Sometimes it's just barely enough. But at other times, it's just there. So it's good juju. Yeah, I, I like it. I'll live by it. I'll take it every day. I'll take it. Um, so when it comes to work, what are your roles in this business? Um, what do you do, and what is what do you do, Dana? Like, how's what are your roles in this business? Because whatever you're doing is working. Do you have how many locations? Seven. Seven locations. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you guys make that work with the roles? Who does what? Well, I remember. Because we came back from Alaska, mm-hmm. and I got a job at Sears, which was the worst job. I was <laughs> manager at Sears. It was horrible. And um, she got a part-time job at Biscuits. And I remember uh, the founder coming to her and saying, mm-hmm. you know what? I- I'd like to make you the lead of this restaurant. And then so she came home, and I've never seen her in a leadership role. I mean, yeah. I've never – you know, she's a mom, and she's always served yeah. and all that stuff. And she said, if I take this on – 
would you be there for me if I have questions or run scenarios by you? Mm -hmm. And I was like, sure. Yeah. So you'd never really been in a leadership role before, is that right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And so how did it feel knowing all of a sudden you're going to be in charge of this whole operation? Had a lot on my shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like you handled business, though. I did. Yeah, you did. You handle business now, don't you? <laughs> yeah, know. she does. I she's, do. uh, David, you were saying, she's not the little timid. No. Yes, yeah, girl, she, she was she before. Makes, she makes murderers cry. That's the truth. I Look, <laughs> you're not going to get any argument out of me. I want no piece of what, what you're dealing out there. Um, so... What are the roles that you guys play in the business now? Like, David, what part of Biscuits do you cover and what part do you cover? I know there's been a change of late, but I'm talking about early on as it led, it led up to getting location after location. For me, I do. How'd you guys do it? So we got the first one, which was Gresham, because she was, um, at the time, the district manager. Her position was going away. So I remember Ed calling us, and mm -hmm. he knew about my health issues, and I had a I had a health issue at the dentist office I was working on at the time. Yeah. And she had to leave work and take me to the hospital and all this other stuff and, um, or pick me up from the hospital. Um, so he sat us down at a coffee shop and he said, you know, your job's going away. I can either make you a server or I can make you an owner. And I think at the exact same time I said owner, she said server. <laughs> and I'd, I'd never met this guy before. Yeah. Um, and then we, we, talked about it for a day and then we went back to him and we just made it work yeah um well how did you guys how'd you guys come to the conclusion to agree on being owner because you were split initially so what was that conversation like just give us a little insight on how that conversation went down was it dana was it something you eventually agreed to but just weren't sure in the beginning or i agreed to but i still was hesitant about it yeah how come <laughs> um the unknown sure yeah. Never done it before. Yeah. For me, it was um, trying to figure out where our path was going for the rest of our lives. Yeah. In 08, 09, when we had Luke, she had to step away from serving for a few months. Gave, you know, gave birth to Luke, went back to mm -hmm. Taco House, and then they closed their doors. Oh, okay. At the same time, nobody was hiring. Nobody was eating food. Nobody was hiring yeah. servers, all that stuff. because of the crash. Because of the crash. And I put everything on my shoulders. So food and gas came from credit cards and, you know, I was sending in one bill and like the Roseanne thing, you send the yeah. electric bill to the gas company and you send the <laughs> gas bill to the electric company. And I came home one that day. That works, huh? No. No. I came home one day and I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I, I literally was in the fetal position in a corner just bawling. Like I just. Well, what happened? What do you mean? What happened? We were out of money. Like, oh. and this is before loan modifications. I called, yeah. I called Wells Fargo and I was like, Hey, is there anything, you know, There's I can't no make leeway. the payments. And she was like, pay your bill. Yeah. So Best Buy had offered me $25,000 to move to Alaska and, and uh, be a manager up there. Mm -hmm. And I literally took uh, one of my cars to the credit union, parked it in the driveway or in the parking lot, went into the teller. They're like, Hey David. And I'm like, here's the keys, to the carts in the parking lot. And I would drive by that parking lot every yeah. day. And the car just sat there for like a month. Um, I had a real nice Mach 1 Mustang. I drove it to mm -hmm. a Ford dealership, and, and they, they gave me a check for it. Yeah. And, you know, I think one thing is, is if you're ever in a situation like that, stop living how you're living. 
Yeah. I, I, I did not stop living. I mean, we didn't cut the bill at Comcast. We still went out to dinner. We went, I, I took that money from the car and went to Disneyland with the, you know, yeah. Dana and the kids knowing that I wasn't gonna be able to make the house payment. Um, so you're, you're saying that was a mistake, big mistake, Okay. big okay. mistake. Yeah. And then when we got to Alaska, you know, we were living in a campground mm-hmm. in the middle of winter, you know, it was not a great situation. We ended up buying a house, but that, or not buying a house. We ended up buying a house on owner contract, which was 140 miles round trip away from where I worked. Mm. So you'd work 10, 11, 12 hours a day, and then you'd drive two hours, you know, wow. back and forth to work. Um, the house had no heat. The house had uh, no, the water. I mean, it was, it was pretty yeah. bad. It was pretty bad, but we made the best of it. Right. Yeah. And then came, you know, I, I had to have two heart surgeries while I was up there. Yeah. And we were at a campground one night and Dylan said something to me. He says, I effing hate Best Buy. And I said, what? How old was he at this time? Approximately. 10. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you're never here. You're never at any of my games. You don't ever go to my school. You're never home. And (laughs) I quit the next day. The next day? How can you afford to quit the next day? Couldn't. But how can I afford not to be with my son? I didn't bring them. What's that? I didn't bring tissues. <laughs> Here, I got this. <laughs> this is the grit. We don't have tissues, but we will cry. Make no mistake. He's getting me going. We drove back. Oh we sold everything we owned. I mean, everything. People were buying my socks. I mean, yeah. it was, it's people yeah. up there. You got a garage sale, man. Um, anyway, yeah. we drove back to Oregon, and uh, we made it work. I got the job at Sears, and she got the job at Biscuits. Okay. I, I have a marital question for you <laughs> yeah. about when you guys were in Alaska, living at the campground, you don't have much. Looking back, what was your marriage like at that point? I mean, there's a lot of financial stress and pressure. Was your marriage struggling as well because a lot of people when they have financial struggles the marriage struggles that's normal sometimes they don't though sometimes marriages get stronger under the biggest pressures you know the the old um, uh, metaphor you know a lot of pressure creates diamonds right well it obviously did in your case eventually but in the moment of living in that campground, certainly life wasn't what you had hoped it would be for your family. And certainly life wasn't what you expected it to be for your family. Even though you came from hard times when you were young, did you feel like you came back full circle to pain and suffering again? And maybe some disappointment, not in David, but just in the circumstances. Yes. How did you deal with that though? Um, Like how did you, what were you feeling at that time? Well, I had just, you know, moved over 3,000 miles away from family. And so we had to really rely on each other because that's Mm -hmm. all we had. And then we had, you know, two small children that we had to entertain and, you know, help them deal with the changes. And failure wasn't an option. It couldn't be, right? You have two kids. No. I mean, from a marriage, I never, honestly, it was never stressed for me. Yeah. You know, from our relationship point, it was just, hey, this is, this is the, where we're at. And yeah. I never want to be here again. Then that brings me back to the biscuits thing because when he talked to us about ownership, mm-hmm. I said, man, I can do this. I can build a company. I know yeah. how to do that. I can make it work. 
And also, since we cashed out our 401k, we had no retirement, we mm -hmm. lost everything, I thought to myself, this will give me residual income to take mm -hmm. care of my family for the rest of our lives. And that's where my head was. So, so That's when, not where my head that's was. That's not where was your head? <laughs> my head was, oh my gosh, I'm going to be homeless again. Yeah. yeah. And so where did your doubts stem from? That like, I, this sounds good, but it can't work. Or it may not work. It could fail, you know. And did you think that that was connected to your childhood growing up of things? Maybe, and I, I you didn't really get too much into it, but um, and I'm not trying to go there. But things were kind of falling apart. It seems like um, in your childhood, over and over again, maybe. And this is just here. It comes again, kind of a deal. Do you did those feelings maybe creep back up? Yeah, it kind you of think felt that's like, what it was? Kind of felt like I didn't want to plan for anything because I felt like I was always getting disappointed. Oh man, I know that feeling. Yeah. Good lord, um, my wife and I call that the proverbial rug. Uh, when I went through everything that I went through, I won't get into it here, but mm -hmm. it felt like every time I got close to having some sort of justice, some sort of integrity in the system, the rug got pulled out, and each time it was pulled out, it was worse than the next, the last time. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And it's really hard to have any kind of hope and faith, regardless of who your spouse and what they're capable of, regardless of who that is, regardless of how good it looks. I was always looking for the next rug I was stepping on and I didn't even know it. Are you, am I standing on a tarp? You've seen the old mafia movies. Look around. What are you standing on? Even if it's a hardwood floor, guess what? That'll be ripped out from underneath mm -hmm. you too. That's what I felt for years, especially since all my stuff happened. Is that kind of how you were feeling when you had this opportunity and all of a sudden you're just looking for the next rug to be pulled. Exactly. And yeah. I constantly worry all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough way. And it's a tough way to think it's a tough way to live. But in reality, I have a lot of faith, Dana. I know you have a ton of faith. I know both of you have a ton of faith, but the reality is uh, God doesn't always prevent the rug from being pulled out from underneath you, but he always has a purpose for it. And looking back now, and uh, I'm sure both of you felt certain things about this, but Dana, you especially, looking back now, how has all of that pressure and stress and fear that any realist would have in those situations, how has that made you a stronger person today because of what you went through way back then, especially what you were thinking about what was going on? How are you strong? How did that make you a stronger woman today? Because you honestly, and my wife will say this uh, too, and she didn't even know you that well. She says Dana is one of the strongest, steadiest people I know. And she didn't even know you that well. It just like radiates off of you. So how did that, how did all that, those doubts contribute to who you are today? Because you just have to get back up and continue fighting. And why did you get back up? Because I have a family. Mm. Yeah. See, the strongest reasons to get back up are never for your own self. Never. I agree. And this, is a, this is the beauty of having uh, two beautiful kids like you guys have. Everything you do has been for them. Yeah, it's been for you too, but that's secondary. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. All right. Let, let, let's switch a, little, a gear here. Um, I want to know who's the best cook. Who's the best cook between the two of you? 
I don't know. No throwing punches or arguing. Okay. No. Actually, arguing would give me some subscribers. Back in the day, no, I was horrible. Really? But since being in the restaurant industry and cooking myself, <laughs> and people are paying for my cooking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a motivation. Hey, let's learn to cook a bunch of good stuff. Right? I, you guys I, do serve great he's, food. He's we'll get good, to that. He's a good barbecue. Yes, though, I was going to say I'm a good barbecue. So you're the grill yeah. master. Oh yeah. And what are you the master of? The wok or <laughs> like? she, she'll take a she'll go in and, and find a recipe mm -hmm. and in, and then when I get home I help her prep it up sometimes and then I turn around and it looks like we're at a restaurant <laughs> you know like lime a little garland shrimp. and everything uh -huh. Uh -huh. you do you really oh yeah she'll go to the store and buy like she twenty different spices for one recipe uh -huh. you know yeah she made um um what's that soup that, that we get at faux doc faux soup faux soup huh? yeah faux yeah. she she just fucks fa. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> so she'll make Chinese food. She'll make Italian. She'll make yeah. Mediterranean food. You know, it's uh, it's good stuff too. <laughs> gotta love Pinterest. Yes. You gotta love Pinterest. Yeah, there's a lot of very creative people out there. Okay, so uh, Biscuits Cafe, you guys have a range. I, you know, I'll be honest. I, before I knew you guys, Biscuits Cafe, I just thought, oh, I, if I wanted gravy and biscuits, I'll go in there and get that. I really didn't think of anything else. I, I, they probably serve stuff like sherries, but there's gravy, their specialty is biscuits, right? Is the specialty biscuits or did it used to be and then it changed? Because you offer a lot of different things and you guys come up with some pretty interesting uh, menu items. I've seen, was it Bloody Mary's with all kinds of, stalks and Sandwich vegetation and just slammed into this cup i you know i, I was it biscuits I, at first like just biscuits and then you guys i think you know before us yes biscuits have been around for 25 years and you know um wow i, I think it was just you know biscuits gravy comfort food you yeah, know yeah. but it was like cracker barrel something like that yeah, it was, right? but it's like fresh it's all fresh cooked mm -hmm. you know we're not like sitting there it's fresh cooked and people know us for that but in the in the time that we've been in it, and you know, there's other influences also. There's there's the franchisor, and you know, all this other sure. stuff. But we needed a, we need to get a, a younger group in. You know, younger. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a family of four, your ticket is bigger, and they order more, and they order drinks, and they do yeah. that. And it's not for us to be rich; it's for us to survive. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you don't make yeah. a lot of money being a restaurant owner. It, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. I, I have heard that the restaurant business is the hardest business you could ever run. I think in would everything you, would, done, would you agree with that, guys? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, you know, we do like Fruity Pebble French Toast. You know, we do like the, um, what's that Benedict I really like? The Fruity Maple. Pebbles. We don't serve that anymore. Oh, well, I still <laughs> like it. The Maple Benedict. We don't serve that anymore. <laughs> but we try, and, we try and put some flair in it. You know, Lemon Drop Flights. You know, all this kind yeah. of stuff to attract that younger crowd. Yeah. Right. Because we know yeah. that, you know, if you don't attract that younger crowd, you, you won't, oh, you won't get them. They'll go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I absolutely love the food there. Um, you know, I, what about, what about family traditions? Family traditions. Did you guys develop any family traditions early on? Now, some families don't. They just, traditions just kind of form through just, um, like our family, one of our traditions is, and my dad started this, all the kids, whether we're adults or whether we're children, we always spent the night at Nanny and Papa, my parents' house, the night before Christmas. Now, 
that throws a kink into a lot mm -hmm. of plans with other in-laws and things like that. Uh, and we're so far away now that we, we're not able to really do it unless we're in town. But that's one like a tradition that just kind of just kind of happened when well, nobody planned it. Did you guys have any family traditions that maybe you either planned or that just kind of happened? I want to see what she says. <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> Are you talking about Christmas breakfast yep. and Christmas dinner? Yeah, Biscuits Cafe. No. No. <laughs> no. You can tell them the story of why we do Christmas breakfast. We do Christmas breakfast because we want to keep the tradition of his grandmother's breakfast. Oh, okay. And so we make what she used to make for everybody and we okay. make it for our family okay every year the same thing what, one year what is one it? year david decided that we wanted to do something different <laughs> no nope. didn't work and it was a crock pot recipe and every year since luke says we're not having that crock pot recipe are we <laughs> <laughs> so my my grandma was the greatest woman in the world she's just just she was uh british she had the british accent Mm -hmm. Very proper. Very proper. Proper. Ms. <laughs> Doubtfire. Yeah, she was right? just love. I love my grandma. Yeah. Um, and she would do sausage, bacon, scrambled eggs, English muffins, blueberry muffins, um, fruit. What am I missing? You have the Danish pastry. Yes, the Danish pastry that my Aunt Maggie would bring. And every and her, year. her homemade jam, but... We just get it from biscuits now. Yeah, <laughs> and um, a little plug there for Biscuit Cafe. The jam is the jam, by yeah. the way. Yes, it is. You have something. It's like it's not strawberry, but it's strawberry with something like nobody else it has, has it. Three different flavors. Yeah. Okay, I never know which one they bring me. Dylan brings me a raspberry and and marionberry. Yeah. Okay. Strawberry, raspberry, and marionberry. Okay, well, whatever. Christmas at my grandma's was my we, it was only me and my sister so we were the only grandchildren yeah my grandma and her husband ed you know um my grandma and grandpa sorry mm -hmm. they had they they were well they were well to do in my eyes they were mm -hmm. and i just remember man my grandma would pull out the old sears catalog and she'd say you know cross out what you want and i would go i want this gi joe guy and i want this gi joe guy and she would rip the page out and order every single thing on the page wow so Christmases were just amazing. Yeah. Dana was getting presents, and Dana's like, what? <laughs> Tree is it? filled. Oh, yeah. And then we'd have that breakfast and uh, just the memory of that. Yeah. Now, for dinner, we started a tradition when we were in Alaska because we didn't have a lot of money, mm -hmm. and we didn't have family. There was you know nothing like that. So one night, we splurged, and we got steak and... We did prime rib and king crab legs. Yes. Oh, yes, sir. And we've done it every year since. Really? Yeah. Yes. You know, and we we also used for to drive. Wait. No, no, for, dinner. For dinner. Yeah. Okay. So okay. we have the traditional okay. breakfast, and then we have. Then you have the dinner that night. Yeah. Wow. We used to drive to, like, my dad's, my mom's, her mom's, yeah. her grandma's, you know, all this stuff. And I think just recently, we've just, like, said, no, we're yeah. going to stay home. You guys yeah. want to come over, come over. Yeah. If not, don't. Yeah, we, we, we did the same thing for years. It was a two-hour drive. Um, we lived in, I grew up in Georgia and Oklahoma, but in Georgia. Uh, it was a two-hour drive. Every We went probably every other weekend, just about, or once a month or so, to visit our Georgia family. And I'll tell you what, that was a long two-hour drive. It was worth it to go see, you know, uh, Granny and Papa, but um, it, it was a long drive. And then when we moved to Oklahoma, of course, that's impossible. Yeah. We fly back maybe twice a year, but... Yeah, at some point, and my dad even encouraged 
my sister and I both in this, uh, I just have a sister, and um, to develop your own family traditions, even if that means maybe not always going along with the ones we've always had together. And we try to do it all, but at some point, wouldn't you agree, you just can't do it all with everybody. At some point, you've got to pull back at least a little and do what's best for you guys, Dylan and Luke, as your family traditions, right? Yeah. And, you yeah. know, as they start to have kids at some point in time, we'll create our own. And Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because we've talked a bit about Luke and Dylan. What do you hope for, for both Dylan and Luke, when it comes to their futures and their life? Imagine... And then this is kind of a, I know this may sound kind of morbid, but imagine you're not going to be around too much longer. What is your greatest hope for both of those boys? How does that play out? What do you hope for them? Well, I hope that they find happiness with a significant other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I hope that they, you know, have a family of their own and can pass on traditions yeah. that they've grown up with. I hope they can have what we have. Sorry. No. It's, it's so special. Both of them are very special young men. They truly are. And every time every time I see Luke, I am just blown away at the man he is becoming. Every time I see Dylan, I see this ball of passion and energy. <laughs> and I'm I wish so much I had that. You know what I mean? He has you know, they both have these gifts. They're both unique individuals and Dylan just puts out this he's he's radi I, he's radiant. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to call it an aura to mm -hmm. be all new age or whatever. I don't want to sound that way, but yeah, he puts out this this aura about him that is just. Uh, he's one of those guys that when he finds his niche, it's over. He's going to skyrocket. He's like me. He loves to talk. He loves to, you know, oh, he's introduce the gift of cab. The gift of cab. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and he can relate. That's why I get along any, with him. <laughs> he can relate on any level with anybody. Yeah, that's his. That's his superpower. Yeah. You know, and yeah. people eat it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can't tell you when we're out in the community how many people just absolutely love him and they just tell us yeah. too. You yeah. Know? I can't imagine him having an enemy. I, just, I, don't even, I don't know what the enemy would even look like or be like. A road rager? A road rager. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, he's a road rager. He's a road rager. <laughs> you know, and, and, and Luke, on the other hand, Luke has the heart the size of Texas. This kid would give you the shirt off his back if it was the last shirt he owned. You know, they both, they're just so gifted, both of them. And so, you know, the reason why I ask, what do you hope for those two boys when you're long gone? What do you hope for them? Because everything that you said are things that you valued about your own life. You wish and you hope that they get what you have. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that's what you value the most. Yep. And the things, at least from my conversation here today, what you both value the most is each other. And if they can have what you have, 
I'd be happy the rest of my life. Right? Yep. Because in the scope of things, and I do want to talk about your medical issues really quick, because I think this casts a very... issue for that. Well, this casts a very good backdrop on why you guys are so thankful for what you do have. And, you know, like you said, you guys aren't rolling in the dough. You're not money bags or anything like that. But but you're doing fine. We do okay. You're doing fine. And that realization and perception of being content only comes from anguish and suffering. You cannot get contentment any other way than through anguish and suffering. When you know what you have or had or could have, and when it's all taken away except for just what you have in front of you, that's when perspective comes in, right? Would you agree with that? When you lose everything you own, and I mean everything, it's rock bottom, and you don't ever want to be there again. Mm -hmm. And I have to do everything in my power to never be there again. Yeah. Rock bottom is a cursed place. It is. But it is necessary for the blessing to come. It's like this, it's a horrible place, but it's a beautiful process. You become... When you look back. <laughs> you become Hindsight. extremely humble. Um, you become extremely humble because you see it in a perspective that a lot of people have never seen it in. You know, people see, people see us as, uh, you know small business owners or even medium business owners and you know we we wear decent clothes and we drive a decent car and you know it's all their stuff and they think you know oh man they've got to be rich yeah little do you know we work yeah. very hard for what we get yeah very hard well it didn't come quick and it didn't come easy no but i wish i knew now well i wish i knew back then what i know now yeah i know right that's not how it works that's, it, no, that's not how it works at all, is it? No. No, no. no but you know what? I have worked with Luke um, and Dylan to give them that head start as much as I possibly can. Now it's up to them to take that information and do yeah. something with it. Yeah. But I'm, I've made sure that they've had this information at a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. That's when you have to do it, right? At that young age. You've got to start young. Mm-hmm. Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, marriage is, marriage can be hard enough and then you add children into the mix. It can be really difficult because the way I've, I mean, the best way I've ever heard it described, uh, to someone who doesn't have children, if you're listening, you don't have children, pay attention to this. It's as if you're holding your own heart outside of your chest and it's always in front of you. It's not protected. It's, it's here. It's exposed to the world. Yep. Yet you were completely responsible for it, and make no mistake, you don't know what love is until you really have a child. Then it's a different kind of love, a very interesting, the depth of that love is so much, it's not bigger or stronger than that of your spouse, but it's just different. I, different. I don't know how to articulate it, but it's just different. And if that child comes home bullied or somebody said something mean to that child, it breaks your heart. Worse than if that had happened to yourself. Absolutely. And, and and you're right on there, the different love, because I have a love for Dana mm-hmm. that is just as strong as my love for my boys, but it's different. Yeah. You know, one of my boys said something to her that I didn't like. Oh. That love goes on pause for a second. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I put that love on pause this morning, as a matter of fact. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Uh, problem dealt with, but I, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Were you going to say something? Yeah. No. no? Okay. okay. Um, I'll, let, I'll let you talk about the medical stuff. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the whole backdrop of because Dana once again the proverbial rug's about to get pulled out from underneath your feet yet once again in your life now David is sick now what year did that happen and what were you guys doing when you got sick when he was sick when you discovered it at least 2019 well it's 224 right now so this was not that long ago okay what happened well, I wasn't at those appointments. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't at. Did she? Did she know I, about I those appointments? Had, oh yeah, she. You know, she's always getting the surprise. Oh, David's in the hospital again. Oh, David's in the hospital again. I was having um, massive heartburn. Sorry, yeah. um, for years. But you know, I pop tums right. Yeah. And it got to the point where I would wake up in the middle of the night, uh, dream that I was underwater and I couldn't get to the top. And what was happening is, is my flapper had eroded. The flapper is what mm -hmm. keeps your um, stomach acid. Yeah. So the acid was actually coming up while I was laying down, and it would sit in my vocal cords in the bottom of my throat. Well, your vocal cords are what shut your throat. So the acid would trigger that, and it would shut. And I would get up, and I would go to the uh, bathroom, you know, just like, <gasps> just gasping for air, like like you couldn't breathe. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, spit up this pink, gooey stuff, which is the blood sitting in your, yeah. you know, the blood coming out from the acid. Uh, well, I had a hiatal hernia, so half my stomach went up into my chest cavity. The other half was sitting down here. That, that's possible? That's possible. And if you imagine taking a balloon and kind of wrapping your hands around it, you'll get one big piece up here and one yeah. down here. Well, this one stretched so much that it ruptured. Oh so um, I had blood coming out of my mouth, and I, it wouldn't stop. I'd go to the hospital. I remember the doctor come in, and he says, uh, or, you know, you do all the testing stuff. And then yeah. the surgeon comes in. He says, are you David Ligatich? I said, yeah. He goes, birthday? And I told him. And he goes, okay, we're going to put you down for stomach removal, small intestine, throat surgery, you know, all this stuff. And I have like, do you have the right room? Now, this doctor had no personality. <laughs> yeah. So he looks down on the clipboard. He looks back up at me. And he says, David Ligatich? I said, yeah. He goes, birthday? I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, I have the right room. So never thought that that would happen. Um they put this machine. Uh, That's pretty sudden, man. Yeah. And, you know, when he said to me, if you, I said, I want to get a second opinion. And he says, if you don't do this surgery soon, you will die. He says, this stuff is going through your body right now, and you can't eat right now. So they put me on this machine that went up my nose and down in there, and it would cycle the bile and all this stuff. And I think I only ate uh, chicken broth, water. And then, and then COVID happened and, um, they shut down bariatrics because bariatrics is a elective, a, elective surgery. Really? So the surgeon couldn't do the surgery. But his was a matter of life or death. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping they pushed it through obviously, right? No. 10 weeks. What? 10 weeks. You could have died. So I didn't get much sleep. No. Yeah. So they opened, they opened bariatrics for one day, and he called me, and he goes, get down here now. And I remember, you can tell him about how you dropped me off. Yeah, because it was COVID, I couldn't stay at the hospital. I couldn't even be in the waiting room. Um, so I dropped him off at, at, at 
the admin, what is it, admittance table? Yeah. Counter. Mm-hmm. And said my goodbyes, hoping that I would see him later that day. And so I had no support that day. So I was by myself. Oh, jeez. Roaming around Clackamas Town Center. Trying to stay distracted. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to drive back home. Just wanted to be close to the hospital. And it was hours. Yeah, hours. I never got an update. So I didn't know if he was alive or not. I was sitting at a restaurant by myself, which I don't do. <laughs> and ate, drank. <laughs> yeah. By myself. <laughs> I think uh, a drink or two is warranted at this yes, point. Yes. <laughs> um, then I think like about four o'clock, I got a phone call from the surgeon. Yeah, because she dropped me off at like 4.45 in the morning. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, David, when you were when they were putting you under, you knew that uh, was there a was there some sort of chance you wouldn't make it through the surgery? Yeah. I mean, there's always a risk, but. No, it was, it was, yeah, it was 50-50. Oh, jeez. So. So, I don't want to go back too, too much, too detailed. I don't want to pull you back into this situation. But I really think this story can really bless some people. Because yeah, if you have heartburn, go get it checked. Yeah, yeah. Not only I'm there. get it checked, but don't eat the same stuff that's causing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to kill you. I uh, what what was going through your head as you're about oh, I, to go into this surgery? I said the, you. The first thing I said is I prayed to God. You know, you, you know, most people pray to God when they want something, right? Sure. And I said, I just just let me wake up, and see grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and I've had several surgeries since. Uh, the bile got into my sternum, so mm-hmm. one day I'm looking down and my sternum's just like this. So I had to go in and cut my sternum out. Um, you, you know, I lost 122 pounds in three months. I was literally wow. anemic. Um, it's hard to, to, to in the process, gain weight, right? But yeah. I'm actually at a, a very good weight. This is the best I've been. Yeah, you look great. I saw a picture. You. you showed me a picture of you, and you were like 300 pounds, man. You were yes. a, 265. 265. Okay, yeah. well, you look 300. No offense. <laughs> 265. I looked big. No offense. I, I look at those pictures now, and I go, whoa. <laughs> Like and that guy I, works at Biscuits. Yeah. Yeah, I got down to 138. Wow. Yeah. And I'm back up to 187 ish. Yeah. So, you look great, man. Thank you. You look great. Um, another surgery uh, before that is, you know, because of the way I'm hooked up, it's very yeah. hard to go to the bathroom. So I remember going to the bathroom and all of a sudden my guts went. And I'm just like, what is that? So hernia, what happened? Hernia. Oh. Uh, so hernia surgery. Um, He's had 12 surgeries since we've been married. Yeah. Wow. And did they all come in the last few years? Probably in the last 10 years. <clears throat> last 10 years or so? Yeah. Yeah. All stomach related? All no, I had two heart surgeries. Okay. I have epilepsy. Yeah. Um, which scares her. <laughs> She's found me mostly in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, it's like getting up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom yeah. and... I have a seizure. And you just, you're you know. in there checking yourself out. So, yeah, I just, I'm like, whoa, what's going on? There was one time I think that really scared you. It's when I hit the toilet and hit the counter. And she thought she thought I was dead. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, was, I was gray and sweating and my tongue was sticking out and, yeah. you know, bleeding and all that stuff. Yeah. So, 
Well, how, let me ask Dana, how are, how do you deal with this now? How, is it, are you still looking for the proverbial rug to be pulled out from underneath you or because you have been around rugs for so long or been aware of them at least for so long? Uh, it seems to me, and maybe it's, maybe I'm wrong. It seems to me that you, you're kind of surfing on the rugs now, not so much, you know, everybody falls off a surfboard, but, um, how do you view these rugs now? Is it the way you've always viewed them or like, how are you dealing with this? Day by day. Day by day. Right. Mm -hmm. I would argue, and I don't know this for a fact, but I would argue that you're far more stronger today than you were years ago. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. She's a totally different woman from the day I met her. Yeah. In a, in a very he amazing. Still likes me. <laughs> I love oh. the abuse. Well, we go, when we go to the doctors, which we go to the doctors like every other week, like it's it's stupid, but when they always ask you that question, do you feel safe at home? And I go, <laughs> no, no. And it's Doctor Preston, so he's he's he laughs. He knows. He yeah, knows. yeah, he knows. He he looks at Dana and goes, "You still drinking?" <laughs> she goes, "She goes, yep." He goes, "Good, you deserve it. Get that old fashioned gun." Uh, yeah. I will say this. I never had an old-fashioned until I met you, my friend. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. Man, that's on point. I can make a good old-fashioned. Yeah, you can. You make the best. You are uh, you guys just had a wedding anniversary party. Oh, yeah. How many years was that? 25. 25. We had been planning that for 25 years. <laughs> Have you really? <laughs> well, see, our, our wedding, we didn't get a – we had an we had a reception, yeah. right? But the there was an issue with the photographer – Anyway, two hours of pictures. You show up to reception yeah. late, and pretty much everybody's gone. Right? Yeah. There's, some, I mean, there's still people there and everything, but it just it seemed so. Um, Couldn't enjoy it. Couldn't party. Yeah, oh, yeah. Picture, 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 picture. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Come over yeah. here and do this. Come over here and do that. You got to do this. Yeah. You got to do that. No. Yeah. It was on my terms this time. So there when we go. did this party, which you guys were at, oh, we were there. <laughs> yeah. Best what? Best anniversary party we have ever been to, hands down. <laughs> we saved money. For years, <laughs> really, for that. And, oh, it and showed. Planned, man. I tell you what, planned for years, and uh, it was I just wanted to have a good time. Perfect. Uh -huh. I I remember uh, seeing Dana on the dance floor when the DJ would play something she didn't like. You're talking about like, you're talking about a strong lady. She goes, <laughs> <laughs> he knew, he knew right away. He knew. Well, he knew who's writing that check. TLC came on, and that's one person. Oh, she that's a big she doesn't like one waterfalls. Group I forgot to tell him on because he already. But you don't had like my left list. eye. You don't like, like left eye and all that. <laughs> no. it's, overplay it's, it's overplayed. It is overplayed. He asked me what's one one person that she doesn't like, and I said, "Oh, Neil Diamond and Barry Manilow." He goes, "Should I play one?" I said, "No." no. Not if you value your life. <laughs> if you value your life, he you clearly doesn't know her. By the way, that DJ was. She don't want no scrub. No. Scrubs kind of can get no love. Yeah, DJ RPM was the guy, and yeah, he, he was. was awesome. Awesome. He did great. He was yes, awesome. he did great. He played all the '90s rap and hip hop. Luke, yep. Luke actually made that playlist with him. Did he really? Yes, he did. Now, and I would be like, add this, add this, add this. Luke, <laughs> Luke is man. I he was born in the wrong era, guys. He was. Right, he, he, was. was. he he, he should have been born in the. He 80s. is the say anything guy that holds right. the. He actually and he's did done that. that. He's done, yeah. I heard. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> he. I, I heard. You know. No. And uh, <laughs> and I tell you what, man, what a cool kid. Now, <laughs> who is Dylan more like? You, David, or Dana? Me. 
Dana. Okay. And Luke is more like me, more like you. Yeah. So you're raising each other pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's, a, there's a lot of similarities of both of us mm-hmm. in them. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people say that Luke looks exactly like me, but he's got Dana's butt. Um, <laughs> That kid cannot fit in pants. <laughs> he, and he's, he is like trim and strong. I know I'm going to. He's very strong. Him. Yes, he's. A, he is very strong. He's a hoss. Yes, it's like he used to be a logger or something. Yeah, he's, he's very strong. And then you know you have Dylan who, you know, is just just like you know he looks like both of us, but then he looks like his mom and he looks like me. And yeah, the the thing when I and I'll say this about both of them actually is that. They're so completely different personality-wise, oh, yeah. but neither one has a ceiling of what they want to do. Like they could literally, if they, if Luke and or Dylan chose, this is what I'm going to do with my life. They'd do great at it. They would do it. Yeah. And they, they have no ceiling. And so the world, really the world is their oyster. It's like Dylan. With you can't his, say that about every kid. No. And, and it's like Dylan serving. I don't think he ever thought that, you know, he'd be serving this long. Kid makes good money. I mean, these guys, people tip him like unbelievable. He, serving, in my opinion, now, I was a server at Pizza Hut while I was in college, okay, and I loved it. I would do little hand, you know, very close up magic tricks for kids and stuff and families, and I made a lot of money at a Pizza Hut. Yeah. When it was two bucks an hour plus tips, I didn't care about the two bucks an hour. I was making oh, a yeah, lot of money in a college town. Dylan. Serving, in my opinion, is an art. And if you view it as an art, you will be able to paint well and make well yeah. as a server. And sometimes bumping up to manager, uh, you actually lose money because now you're salary and you're not getting tips anymore. And I like having correct. the freedom to – I was offered a manager job, and I'm like, eh. You know, yeah, but some people aren't made out for the manager job. That's correct. Luke – here's where Dylan and Luke differ – Dylan is very good at what he does, and he'll always be very good at yeah. what he does, whether it's serving or anything else. Mm-hmm. Luke doesn't want to be out there. Luke does not want to be a host, does not want to be yeah. a server. He would rather prep than on scenes. scenes. But he also wants, he loves business. Yeah. And he's very good at it. Yeah. At it, 17 years old. I mean, this kid's yeah. already built his own business and sold his own business. Yeah. And done very well at it. So um, yeah. I think they both have a calling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever they put their minds to do, I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, they will succeed because they're just wired that way. Yeah. They have the example right in front of them, so they have that. They have that benefit of growing up around two people who have have lived through adversity, continues to live through a level of adversity, and yet continues to progress and become successful day after day after day after day. And that does not come with failures. Uh, That does not come without failures. It does not come without struggle. It does not come without pain and or anguish. And pain and anguish, as you two very well know, are two different solar systems. Pain is far different than anguish. Anguish is far worse. But you guys have set an example for these two guys that they can look at and say, you know what, no matter how bad things get, we can make it. Mom and dad made it. You could have left him when things got hard. You could have left him when you're, you know, living at a campground. You could have left him. You could have left him. You and you could have gone too. You could have said, "Oh, it's just just baggage." You did, and I hear this kind of stuff all the time from people that I know, and they end up splitting. Mm-hmm. Everybody that knows you two and that will hear this story, they must admit at least one thing: 
and that they can't deny is that you guys have been through hell and back time after time after time after time again, and yet here you still stand side by side. It wasn't easy. When I think about it, you know, I think these things are just part of our journey because at no time did we ever like, I don't like you or I don't love you or... You know, those words never came out of our mouth. It was like, okay, so how are you going to do this? And how am I going to do that? And okay, we're going to do this over here. And, you know, just, it was never a thought of, yeah. of leaving. Yeah. You know, it's, it, and it still is. I've never had a thought in my mind of her not being here. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, I have three final questions for you guys. We've been talking for a while. Yeah. I love it. I think I there's I think there's more to discuss. And as a matter of fact, I'm looking at my notes here. I'm like, oh, geez, I'm only about a third of the way through this thing. Uh, maybe another episode. But I want to ask Dana something really quick. What is it that you value most that David brings into your life? What is it that you value the most that he brings into your life? Stability and constant, um, constant love. I know without a shadow of a doubt, he loves you more than anything, even me. (laughs) (laughs) He loves you to death, literally. And... If he didn't, I could not be friends with you. (laughs) And this is not a reflection of me, David. This is a reflection of you. Mm -hmm. There are no perfect men. There are no perfect husbands. But one thing I know about you is that you love her without fail. Unconditionally. Unconditionally. Yeah. And so I'm going to reciprocate that question back to you. David, what is the best thing that she brings to your life I don't I don't know how to word it but her yeah, you're gonna have to word that you got to word that for I, the I, listeners I'm telling you right now everything about her and I know that's a cop-out it's, it sounds like a cop-out answer but there's not one it's it's everything about her even yeah. when I'm angry <laughs> Even when, you know, I, yes, because then I just smile at you. I'm like, oh, Jesus, she's mad. <laughs> I even say it to Luke. It's like, oh, gosh, she's mad right now. He go, yeah. don't go in that room. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I don't know another couple like you at your age. You hear these stories about people who met in high school and got married. The same story you have to a degree but they're all in their 70s and 80s and 90s now. Mm-hmm. You don't hear this anymore. This this is not a modern love story. It's think, just not. I think it's out there, but I think it's rare. And and that's sad. I agree. That's sad. I understand people go through things. I understand. I don't understand the divorce thing, but and I don't know why. Um, but I understand that things happen. But I also understand that there's got to be people like us out there still. And, and again, I, that's what I wish for my boys Yeah, is the same thing. And I hope that I've, I hope that I've set enough example for them that they understand that. 
Yeah. So. Final question. Yeah. Are you ready for this? David, try not to cry again. I'm just kidding, buddy. <laughs> Every time he cries, I cry. I'm like, oh, God dang it, David. It's the grit. I cried at our party, the, I think. I think. I think. Yeah, you did. did. You did, did cry, cry at the party. party. Yes, yeah. you cried you at the did. party. Made me all tear up, too. Uh, you know. Cry all the time. Some people say, I'm you a know. I'm baby. I am, too. Gosh. I was watching, Um, this was a few years ago. Just incredible. This man dropping his kid off to college or and another kid got on the bus at the same time. He took the other one to college, and I'm just touched because, man, I got four kids. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, it was AT and T commercial, man. It's like, <laughs> really? What does that have to do with my? What What does this have to do with my phone? You just made me cry, and I don't know. I don't we'll, like it. We'll be watching a movie, and it'll get sappy, and she'll turn and look at me and go, "Are you crying? <laughs> really? You're crying." Exactly like that too. Mm-hmm. Cry, and then, and then a little time will pass. You go, cry, baby. Cry, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cry. Oh my gosh! I have I, to be very, very upset in order to cry. You do. You do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not that David's not tough. You're both tough, but she's tougher. She, yeah, I, I'm afraid she of you is, a little I, bit. <laughs> I, I'm a little sincerely, and I'm not just saying this. I'm a little scared of you. There's people that come you're up not, to me. You're not. You're well. You're a very beautiful lady, but you have that. Uh, what do they call it? The RB. The RBF. Thing? Oh yeah, she has. She has permanent RBF. <laughs> but but you see that smile right there. No no. Close your mouth and grin. <laughs> that right there. That scares me because that's when I know that she's. Grinning, she's contemplating. But in her mind, oh, yeah. she's so she's murdering me in her mind. This actually happened the other day, and one of the employees said, "You're so happy today," and I said, "No, I'm not." And <laughs> Allie says, "That's her. I want a murder look." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I better look. I said, "I'm hulking up right now." I'm hulking up. <laughs> I can see you now. Um, dealing with David at home. You remember the, you remember the, uh, the Avengers, and you had the Hulk with Loki, and he just. Yep. <laughs> I think I think I could see that happening. <laughs> for her, it's uh, when I know when she's mad at me. I think it's more of a respect thing, but I know when she's mad at me when she just stops talking. Yeah. Goes in the room, lays on the bed, pulls out the iPad, and I'll come in there and go, "Hey, what do you want to do tonight?" And I'm like, okay, I'm in trouble. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, nothing's happening. Nothing. No movies, no nothing. <laughs> no nothing. Mm-hmm. Oh, All my right. gosh. All right, last question. Yes. Last question. We've reviewed this whole story of you guys. Yeah. How does, how does this love story end? How does this all end? If you, if you could write the ending... Not how do you think it's going to be, but if you could write the ending of your lives together, how does this whole thing end? I know. Because we're all going to die at some point, right? I mean, it's kind of a given. How does this end? I know two scenarios for him. (laughs) (laughs) She's already mapped out your death. (laughs) No, it would be like the ending in the notebook. I was just going to say the exact same thing, only I'm the one that lost my mind. (laughs) Oh, how say the exact or same thing? Or it would thing. be untamed heart. Yes, untamed heart. Okay, okay. So, 
describe that for our viewers who have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Christian Slater. Oh, Untamed Heart. And, Great movie. Um, and Marissa Tomei. Oh, yeah. He he had he was adopted, and he was told by his adopted parents because he had this uh, a heart surgery right. that he had the heart of a baboon or a gorilla. Right. And he believed it. He's a little slow. Yeah. And one night, Marissa Tomei is walking home by herself, but he used to always walk behind her. They worked together at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And she ended up almost getting raped, and he ended up beating the living hell out of these guys. Yeah. And then they end up forming a relationship. And uh, they they go to bed one night and he doesn't he doesn't wake up. He falls asleep in her arms. Yeah. That was a great movie. Yeah it is. All right, what's the other scenarios? The notebook. I mean it's only two. Yeah. There's only two <laughs> I can think of. Yeah. The weird How's the notebook the, end? The weird thing is is we both knew what we we're gonna say. <laughs> How's the notebook end? Just for people who don't know. Fantastic movie, by the way. So, yeah, it's a love story between these two people who um, meet up twice in life. You know, once when they're younger and once mm -hmm. when they're a little older. And they're madly in love. And the wife ends up uh, losing her memory. So he had written their story down in a notebook. And he would read that story to her every time, and he would get halfway through it, and she would start remembering again. But by the end, she, she forgot. forgot again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And she had to force me to watch that movie. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to watch that. And then we finally watched it once, and I was like, Oh, this is great. Definitely one of the on the goat list. One of the greatest of all time oh, yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, however your story ends, it is a beautiful story thank you that needs to be told and i i truly am honored that you're here and have allowed me to dig in maybe uh, hopefully not too invasively but you know the best stories are the ones that are just honest and authentic and so thank you for being authentic that way um a lot has happened with you guys but i look we, at you now more, and, we've done more in our lifetime together than most people do and yeah 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 you got anything else you want to say to these people <laughs> you know what i i wish that uh i wish that we could go back to having relationships like this mm -hmm. i wish that people would put more effort you know into what they're doing i understand things happen but it's never the end of the world yeah right yeah i wish people would have i, I wish people have what we have yeah, I do. I um, I agree. Uh, I I was gonna close this out, but something just hit me. Um, you know, I had a little little nerve wracking thing myself lately, and one of the things, and I'm gonna pose this as a question back to you because I'm interested to hear both of your answers on this. Uh, when your mortality is in question or you become keenly aware that your time on earth has always been temporary, but you're becoming more aware of that in a very keen way. I thought, and I was journaling this morning, if I were dying, what would I want my children to know? 
because I'll never hear my voice again kind of a thing. You know, you think about those things time to time. And this morning happened to be a time that I was thinking about that. And I wrote a number of things down. If, what do you want your boys to know? Maybe one or two pieces of advice. If they could no longer hear your voice ever again, what is it you'd want them to know? And that's not to bring this conversation down. I think that these realities are what make life beautiful, what we pass on. What would you want Dylan and Luke to know? That's my last question. That life is not easy. Don't be let down if something doesn't go as planned. There's another plan. And to have faith and to believe in yourself. That's about it. I would want them to know that we love them. We respect them. And we wish nothing but the best for them. I believe I've prepared them <clears throat> at least this, this far along with knowledge. Um, and I hope they find someone that will respect them and love them as much as they have to offer. Yeah. I appreciate that. You guys are fantastic. You too. I know this was a heavy episode, but the heaviest episodes in my opinion are what brings the biggest splash not in subscribers and all that stuff i'm talking about the biggest splash as far as the impact of how people who listen to your story will now go about living their lives just a little bit differently and um, i know i will i know i will thank you guys thank you, thank you. that was fun <clears throat> Now we got to go watch Untamed Heart. No. Huh? Not no. me, not right now. No, no, <laughs> no. no, no, no. Oh. Oh.